The following podcast may contain spoilers, profanity, and views or opinions that may not be representative of the author's intent of the articles discussed. We don't always take ourselves or the subject matter seriously either. Listener discretion is advised. The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. The Force is strong with us, and we hope it is strong with you. Welcome to another edition of the New Jedi Archives with Zach Hagenbusher and Ben Schultz. Hello, Zach. Hello, Ben. And hello, Joey. Oh, hello there. Oh, hello there. How are you guys today? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. We're here at in Merrill at Lincoln 2018. It's funny because like every time we do one of these, you know, the event has already happened. So it's not like we can be like, come on out and hang come on out. out and see us. At right. You missed it. You, you missed, it. missed it. You missed it. But it's, it was a great time. Or should I say it will be a great time. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna, both. We're going to talk to a couple of friends today. Um, a couple of them Ben knows, a couple of them Joey knows, a couple that most of them that I know, to be honest. But we're closer to my next. Sounds like he's breaking about having friends, doesn't it? I know. I yeah, feel honored definitely. to be here. Yes, honored. I have friends. I have friends. You just don't know them. <laughs> they moved away. They live in another country. I have a girlfriend. She goes to another school. She goes to another school. Yes, in Canada. Exactly. But yes, we are here in Lincoln in Merrill, Wisconsin. Uh, keep a lookout for it next year as well. It's become an annual event. This is the eighth annual Lincoln, uh, and we're looking forward to Lincoln Nine. It's uh, mostly a retro video game show, uh, as as Ben and Joey can tell you. There's a very very large collection of old TVs and uh, video game systems here, completely available to pre to play for for anybody who shows up. Um, that's kind of the main attraction of the con, I would say. Um, it's but otherwise, uh, you know, they're still doing a lot of a lot of pretty much everything. You know, board games, card games, uh, and hosting our asses here. So yeah. That works too. Speaking of, of card games, Ben, games. I know yes. that you see this in front of you, uh, and it's going to be awesome. That's some really good radio. What yeah. is this? Yeah, we're going to play. We the, should tell people what this is. We're going to play the Han Solo card game. Now we're not going to play it on the show because it would be pointless. You know, we'd have to literally describe everything we were doing. I, I think we can narrate. I think we could do it if they can do horse <laughs> races on. If they can do horse races, if we they can, can do horse races and baseball. Cards that no one's supposed to know that we, we have. We can do cards. I suppose you're right, but I, think I don't think we're going to try it. We'll get a poker commentary kind of thing. Just going. please tell me you did not put these in card protectors, so we lose out on the hexagon. I oh. definitely did put them in card protectors. Yes, that was. But they're time. Kylo Ren card protectors, so does that make it better? No. Okay. Does it also make it better that we made sure that the Star Wars logo on the back of each card is at the top rather than at the bottom? Yes. That does not surprise These me in not, any way. Right, it we, should do it. We are professional card sleevers. We did it, and we're going to play that game later. I'm, I'm just going to say we we actually I've already got a chance to play it. It's six bucks on Amazon right now for anybody who is looking at it. It's it looks like Sabak, right? It's it's a version of Sabak called Corellian Strike, uh, and it it's really quick. It's really fun, uh, and it. It's really cheap. You can get it for six bucks as an add-on item for Amazon right now. So, like, yeah. you you have to buy something more expensive. But if you're already planning on buying something for six dollars, you really can't go wrong with a cool piece of Star Wars memorabilia. So, yeah. uh, and if the box is to believed, 
I will be winning the Millennium Falcon. That's right. Well, he might. I might win it. Oh, no. I'm going to cheat. I watch Lando oh. play. I know how to do this. Okay. Well, Spoilers then I'll have to check your wrists before, you, before we play. Joey's going to help me. Yeah. You're going to help him cheat? Yeah. I'm going to give him a hug. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I heard that's in the movie. No, that's that's helping him not cheat. He steals the card that way. Oh, I'm going to win. Oh. It doesn't matter. We've got a pact. Whichever okay. one of us wins gets to be Han. The other one has to be Chewie. So it's fine. I'll be Lando. I don't care. L- Lando's cool. <laughs> no. No, you get to be the droid. L3? Yep. N- no. You get to be L3. I'd rather be 3PO. <laughs> I'd rather be 3PO. All right. Well, Red arm Zach by the end of the episode. That's you, what I'm... You probably don't recognize him because of the red arm, <laughs> but it's Zach. And we're back at LinkCon 2018 with my good friend Scott Ahern from the um, man. I'm t- I, f- I feel so bad. What is your podcast uh, I- project called? The Eclectic. The Eclectic Media Project. There we go. The yep. Eclectic Media Project. I-, I would have said Eclectic Ideas Project. That was not. That was not correct. Nope. Okay. Eclectic Media Project. You can hear their podcasts. Uh, they've got a website coming very soon. Is that yes. right? Okay. We hope to have the website launched in time for Gamehole Con in Madison this November. Okay. And uh, just just talk a little bit about what you guys do. Okay. Well, we have our three core podcasts. We have Want to Hear Something Interesting, which Chad Knight and I do. That's my principal one. We have... Musically Challenged, which Chad does with our friend Lou Schwalbach, who was here at LinkCon 2018 a little earlier. Oh, he's but gone due, now? Due to oh, no. uh, some uh, scheduling issues, he had to t- duck out already. Okay. Otherwise, we'd have had him jump on this, too. Definitely. And then we have Whose Podcast Is It Anyway, which Chad does periodically. Uh, that one's kind of fun. Basically, he calls somebody up and says, hey, you want to do a podcast? And they're like, okay, what do I talk about? And he says, surprise me, because I don't want to know ahead of time. Yeah, I've been on that one before. Yep. Yeah. We wanted to, I, I was like, well, I'm either going to talk about Star Wars or wrestling. And he was like, I'd rather talk about wrestling if you don't mind. So you talked about Star Wars? No, we talked about oh, okay. wrestling. Yeah, I, I was a little <laughs> disappointed because I wanted to talk about Star Wars, but he, to be honest, he's not that much of a Star Wars guy. Not so much, no. Yeah, but I might try to drag him on the show this weekend anyway. We'll find out. Yep, yes. Uh, he will be here for the second day of LinkedIn yeah, 2018. Yeah, he'll so. be here tomorrow. Is it a random person or a person that he already knows? Uh, so far, it's been people that he already knows, okay. but I would not put it past him to try to find a random person. Just start random dialing. Yep. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, what do you want to talk about? Uh, who's, who is this? What's yeah. your operating number? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who are you and why are you sticking this microphone in my face? Oh, <laughs> I could get a... Uh, and go somewhere else real quick. Yep. And it's a family-friendly convention, so I probably shouldn't say stuff like that. So, we're at LinkCon. Uh, Scott, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Star War. Uh, maybe continue our conversation. So, I, I actually... Uh, you, I, I was on your first episode of this idea that you're calling... Uh, what is it? Conversations. Conversations, which is conversations that you have at conventions, yep. right? Okay. So, we were talking about this really cool idea. I want you to introduce it to our listeners, too. So, you were talking about the fourth book... Uh, that Timothy Zahn wrote for the old Star Wars canon, right? Yes. So, okay. back when 
the Star Wars literary universe was still under control of LucasArts, all of the books had to be approved by LucasArts to make sure that they fed into continuity and everything. Timothy Zahn really got the ball rolling with the original trilogy, Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command, which introduced us to Grand Admiral Mithra Nuado uh, from the Chiss Empire, commonly referred to just as Grand Admiral Thrawn. He was unique in that he was the only non-human Grand Admiral in the Empire. The Empire, of course, famously anti-alien. So, Zahn wrote the original trilogy, and then multiple books came in between, and then he wrote two more books, Spectre of the Past and Vision of the Future. And in Spectre of the Past, Luke is having kind of a crisis of faith. If you want to view, like, being Jedi in the Force as a religion, as Vader refers, or not Vader, but one of the Imperial officers refers to it in the early scenes from Episode 4, A New Hope. What Luke is having trouble with is that he's the Jedi Master, he's the founder of the New Jedi Order, all of that fun stuff, but he's discovering that people aren't reacting to him the way that they used to. They're actually starting to be a little afraid of him. And at one point in the early part of Spectre of the Past, Han and Leia are arriving to negotiate between these two alien worlds. And Luke says, well, I'm in the vicinity. Why don't I drop by and help? And one of the species says, if Jedi Master Skywalker comes, we're leaving. And Luke is asking why and come to find out that they don't trust him because in their experience any Jedi who uses the force as much as Luke has been using it lately invariably turns to the dark side and there's a neat little tie-in to Empire Strikes Back in that they had an experience with a Jedi who used the force a lot went dark and fled to Dagobah and apparently he was pursued by members of the Jedi Council to Dagobah and defeated. Luke has this little realization that must be the dark Jedi whose essence had permeated the cave under the tree sure. that he went into and had the vision of himself as Vader. So Luke is having this little introspective moment and he reaches into the Force for guidance and for vision and normally when he does that he would see the force ghosts of Ben Kenobi or Yoda and sometimes his dad as Anakin not as Vader this time he's doing it and he sees Emperor Palpatine and Joris Sabath the insane dark Jedi Master clone from the original Zahn trilogy and it completely freaks him out and so he comes up out of his force meditation and he's trying to think through what's going on and he remembers a parable that he had heard from Kenobi and Yoda and they never have the parable in the films that you only find it if you're reading through the books but basically they compared using the force to birds who have flown into some type of factory and nested in the rafters 
if the factory is running, you can't hear the birds. You can only hear the birds when the machinery is quiet. And the way it was explained to Luke is that using the force is like running the equipment. You really can't hear anything because you're too busy doing. And it's only when you stop using the force and allow it to guide you that you hear the birds. And Luke had been thinking off and on for years, well, Obi-Wan was a Jedi Master, Yoda was a Jedi Master. Why didn't they take on the Emperor and Vader? Why did they have a barely trained farm boy from Tatooine go up against the two most powerful, or, well, there's always only two Sith, but these two powerful Sith Lords? And he realized that it was because they had achieved a level in the Force that they couldn't fight Vader and the Emperor because they'd stopped using the Force. They were just letting the Force guide them. So And so he realizes, and through the, those two books, Spectre of the Past and Vision of the Future, Luke actually deliberately pulls back from using the Force, pulls back from doing things, and that's what leads to his reconciliation with Mara Jade, which then goes on into the post-canon Star Wars literature and into the New Jedi Order and all of that. Wow. I, I really enjoy that take just because it, it, I think it does fit rather well into the current interpretation of Star Wars that I, I feel like they are kind of going with. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I think that the idea that Obi-Wan and Yoda, obviously, that was before the prequels, which means right. it was before the idea that they had fought the Emperor and Darth Vader before, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, we did not know about any of that. And so they were kind of just, you know, Zahn was basing that idea off of something that George hadn't come up with yet. Um but I do like that it fits into the, the kind of the theory of why the dark side is so dangerous, right? Yes. Because that's why, you know, the dark side of the force is the quicker path to power, but it, it corrupts you entirely. And that sort of even leans heavier into that theory. Um, so I, I, it's too bad Ben isn't here right now because I would love to hear what he has to say about that. And I, I think I might try to ask him about that uh, a little later on. Yeah. Um, well, well, did either of you read... Shadows of the Empire. I didn't read it. I've played the game. I have the book, and I've read the graphic novel. But I've not played. I've not read. Uh, read the book all the way through. Okay. I have the book that it opens up, and it's got the micro machines inside. But that's about it. <laughs> so, anyways, for those of your listeners who have have not read it, um, it introduces Prince Zizor, the right. uh, crime lord. Yeah. And it's uh, time-wise, it's set between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. No, it's uh, between or, Empire and or, no, Empire and Jedi. Jedi. That's right, Empire and Jedi. Sorry, I'm. I always get it confused with Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which yeah, is between that's New be- Hope and Empire. Yeah. But anyways, in Shadows of the Empire, there's this little introspective scene with Vader, and he has his helmet off. He has the respirator off. He's in his little hyperbaric chamber, and he's attempting to channel the Force for healing to kind of rebuild the damage to his lungs and everything. And he gets angry about Kenobi. He gets angry about the damage that was done to him and the fact that he needs the suit and the respirator and everything. And he channels all that anger and he takes a deep breath 
without the aid of the respirator and he's able to breathe and he feels the oxygen flooding through his body and he feels this moment of joy. And as soon as he feels that joy, he can't breathe anymore because he started channeling the light side of the force, which is antithetical to the dark side of the force. And because he's Sith, he was channeling the dark side and then the dark side goes away and it stops supporting his lungs and I can't breathe anymore. Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. That's what happens when you have so many of the... Um, when, when it's been around for 40 years, you have mm-hmm. so many different interpretations of the ideas, and it's uh, it's cool to see all that. Joey, what do you think about that That So uh, you're, you're telling me he literally has to be evil to survive. Yeah. There's no way he could turn back then. So at the end of... Jedi. Jedi, when he's like, Luke, I'm your father, all this great, like... I'm proud of you kind of thing. Uh, that's him releasing himself that's, from that's life. like, okay. That makes and a lot more sense. According that. to that interpretation right, of like that. And a, yeah. a lot of people assume that the reason Vader dies at the end of Jedi, Return of the Jedi, we talked about this earlier, we can't just say Jedi anymore because we have Return we have of the, the Jedi and Jedi the last as well. Jedi. Right. So the reason, uh, following that logical path, the primary reason that Vader dies at the end of Return of the Jedi isn't just from having absorbed all of the Emperor's Force Lightning in that final fight scene. It's also because he's released his hate and anger because of the love he has for Luke. His love for Luke overcame his dark side loyalty to Palpatine, but because of that, he's not able to use the force to sustain himself because he's so steeped in the dark side he can't use the light side anymore or at least he can't use it enough and can't use it quickly enough could it be that he lost the will to live oh my gosh stop <laughs> could it be like yeah okay <laughs> it makes sense but that was a terrible pun i know i know i know Anyway, Scott, that's brilliant. I love it. Thank you for your insight. I just want to ask you a couple questions real quick. Absolutely. Who's your favorite Star Wars character? Star Wars character. Okay. Um, I'll just get this out of the way right away because Joey's going to be probably irritated, but um, it's not Jar Jar. Joey doesn't like Jar Jar. <laughs> I've never said that Jar Jar's my favorite. I know, but we were talking before we started recording. You mentioned that Phantom Menace... I like that it movie. Is one of, I mean, is it your favorite Star Wars film? Yeah, because it was the first one I saw <laughs> in theaters as a kid. You know, okay, now like the people say, oh, your first the, the first time you watch Doctor Who, the first Doctor that you like really start watching their series, that's usually your favorite, even if everyone else like thinks they're terrible. Now, am I restricted to the films? No, whatever you want. Okay. Well, I think I actually want to go with Lando. Okay. Calrissian. Cool. And the reason for that is because of his redemption arc. Sure. Now, one character from the novels that I love, that I hate his portrayal in the films, is Wedge Antilles. Okay. Yeah. And I, the, the I reason that. for that, is, especially, that. is the um, Aaron Alston and Michael Stackpole X Wing novel series, which they wrote kind of. Uh, Michael Stackpole kind of tossed it off as an idea after the X-Wing video game came out. But Ballantyne and LucasArts said, run with it. We'll give you four books. 
And so he did books one through four, and then it, it was classic Rogue Squadron, um, post Return of the Jedi, and then Aaron Alston came in and did books five, six, and seven with Wedge creating Wraith Squadron, which was kind of like a covert ops Rogue Squadron. And then that timed out to come to the beginning of the Zahn trilogy, Heir to the Empire and so on. And then Stackpole came back for book eight, Isard's Revenge, which picks up in the battle at the end of The Last Command. And then Alston did book nine, Starfighters of Adamir, which is really interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I hate... I think that they were going to give Wedge a little more of his due in Force Awakens, but Dennis Lawson didn't want to come back, yep. so they didn't use the character, which is, uh, that's not their fault, that's his fault. Yeah, well, but you think about it also, in the Kevin Anderson uh, Jedi Academy trilogy of novels, Antilles finally accepts a promotion to general. So he becomes, he's on a peer of Admiral Akbar's. he's doing battalion level planning they right. took him out of the cockpit yeah and so. who knows maybe Wedge state maybe he didn't believe in the idea of the resistance and he stayed with the Republic and uh, he met his doom could be when the Republic was destroyed yep um, okay I, I hate to hate to give a dour note to Wedge Antilles but I suppose it's very possible yep um, and uh, how did you uh, I, I guess better question what would you say Let's stick to the films. Your favorite okay. Star Wars movie. Uh, that one is... Well, it it's definitely not one of the first three in terms okay. of the prequels. Well, sure. So, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. Okay. And uh, I think a large part of that is the difficulty that I have as... Now, as Joey said, Phantom Menace was the first one he saw in theaters. Yeah. For me, the first one I saw in theaters, because I'm older than dirt, was actually A New Hope. Sure. I, I love the original trilogy. I really like The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. And I especially love some of the interplay between Rey and Luke in The Last Jedi. But poss- I think I'm going to have to go out and say Rogue One. Is your favorite Is one. my favorite of the films. Okay. I, now, I have not seen Solo. I have good friends who are Star Wars fans who've seen it, and they've given me both ends of the spectrum. Sure. No, nobody that I know who's seen it who is a Star Wars fan has been, eh, it was okay. Uh, that's me, though. I just think it was okay. Right. Yeah. But now, is it okay as a Star Wars movie, or is it okay as a sci-fi film? I think it's okay as a movie. Um, as a Star Wars movie, it, it doesn't crack my top four. I don't even think it cracks my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just okay. Yep. I I I saw it twice in the theater, but the only reason why I saw it the second time was because I wanted I wanted to get a better idea of it before we talked about it on the podcast. Okay. Had it not been for this podcast, I would only have seen it the one time. Yep. No Whereas, tour. Yeah, no tour. Which, in retrospect, I don't know if you know this, Scott, but I I did go and see. Force Awakens by choice 10 separate times in the theater when it was in. Um, That's a little much. I know, right? <laughs> it, but I loved it and it yep. was in different locations. I had the whole thing planned. Okay. And then um, 
I went to see Last Jedi five separate times with different family members. And I probably would have gone more if other people had invited me, but it just didn't yeah. happen that way. So, yeah. um, now, Ro but I never felt that same pull with Rogue One, and I never mm -hmm. felt that same pull with Solo. Okay. Now, see, I own the original trilogy on DVD. I used to own it on VHS. Um, I'm a little upset because the DVDs are the remastered ones. Now, I saw the remastered ones in theaters as well when sure. they first came out. But these are the ones, and you were playing one earlier. It's the one where A New Hope... So, it's the one where A New Hope has Jabba the Hutt talking to Han Solo, right. not Jabba the human smuggler. The human Lord. guy, yeah. Right. So, but when I had them on VHS, it didn't have that scene at all. Sure. Which was, I think, better. I don't know why they right. put it back in. Wait, so I got to ask you this before we let you go, because we're starting to run out of time. Okay. If, if Rogue One is your favorite, Ben and I have a really hard time with the ending of Rogue One. If if they had stopped with the Tantive Four rushing off, no, no. If they, I realize it's everybody's favorite scene, right? The Darth Vader cutting everybody to pieces scene. But if they had taken that scene out and they had just let the Tantive Four escape with the plans, and then you don't show, maybe you throw the Leia cameo in there at the end still and call it good. Then I feel like it's a, it's a better movie. It's a better ending. But as it is. You've got Darth Vader cutting up a bunch of people as, like, watching the Tantivore go into space and go into hyperspace. You don't think that that makes the, the beginning of A New Hope seem a little weird or seem a little... No, not, not really. Not I, actually, I liked how they did that for the continuity. Yeah, I agree with Scott on this one. Wait, okay, so you don't think it's weird at all? I mean, obviously, you know, we can explain it in our head that Leia is just trying to buy as much time as she possibly can. But the argument that she's not a member of the Rebel Alliance and that she's an Imperial Senator and all these other things, he saw her leave. He saw her ship leave the first key battle between the Rebel Alliance and the Galactic Empire. Right. Like, he witnessed it with his own eyes. So, there's no way. Her 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 lie is, is completely unbelievable. But well, I guess she she wouldn't know that he saw her. But I mean, she knows they just escaped that battle. Yeah, but she doesn't know that he was there. But I, it, I don't know. Maybe she if, does. Even if she did know that he was there, it's the fact that she still has to present the facade. She still because part of it might also be self-preservation on her part. As long as she's claiming Imperial Senator, um, what is it? Diplomatic mission. To Alderaan. To Alderaan, right. blah, blah, blah. As long as she is sticking to the pro forma protocol of this, she's hoping that maybe Vader won't feel confident enough to cross that line and arrest a senator. Right, but... Or that maybe the, the troops won't back him up. But she's not familiar with the fact that the Senate is about to be disbanded anyway. Right. He has information that she doesn't. Sure. Okay. I, I mean, I'm not saying that I can't make those that connection. I did make that connection. Yeah. I was forced to. I just, mm -hmm. I wish they could have done it a little more, a little easier. That's it. Mm -hmm. I, I think when they were doing that, they really wanted to 
kind of show the timeline of it that this is like right before yeah and as for one of the reasons that I I would say Rogue One is my favorite of them all is that there's a, a pathos element to it because now I saw it with my daughter and one of the things that she said was because they, they don't show everybody dying but they kind of make it, it it's understood and now granted she was I think six at the time and she just looked at my wife and I and, and said they die don't they and we said yeah the, they destroy the the planet basically they destroy the planet everybody dies and she said well then that would explain why they're not in any of the other movies so which I thought was an amazing connection for a six year old to make sure um, but it also goes to the depth of storytelling that Lucas brought to this and now granted he wasn't as deeply involved in Rogue One as as, he as was in he was not Hulk. involved at all <laughs> pretty much yeah but I I thought it was a really nice r- neat wrap up to kind of explain away or to forestall any questioning of well okay why weren't these people in New Hope Empire Strikes Back Return of the Jedi sure well, they're all dead and I did appreciate the film I do appreciate the film more now I think than when it originally came out uh, my first opinions on it were not great uh, or not not that it wasn't great it was it was a fun movie I liked it yep. but it just um, it wasn't a saga film it didn't have the same punch to me as the other ones and uh now, though, that I, I've kind of watched it a few more times, it's it, the the greater themes that it brings back to the saga as a whole, yep. especially that theme of sacrifice and of of basically sacrificing anything that you have, anything that you might consider dear, to live for a cause that may or may not actually reward you in the end. That's a theme that you see throughout the saga, exactly. and that is echoed in this film in a great degree. So I I, I do enjoy that quite a bit. Yep. Although, Um, you want to know a little bit of bitter irony about it? What's that? The day we went to see Rogue One in theaters, we came out of the theaters, it was a a matinee. We came out of the theater, turned our phone on, all of our social media feeds and news feeds started blowing up with Carrie Fisher's death. Oh. That was the day she died. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely... I I thought that um, I thought she died shortly before the movie was released. Mm, I, think I think she had been a heart sick. Oh, that's right. She had been sick, yeah. and then yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. You're right. Really haunting. Yeah. Really haunting coincidence. Yeah, because you, you go from that closing scene where she says right hope, hope, and then and then you walk out and Princess Leia is dead. Right. But she lives on. Yep, and she will live on in nine, which I, I am I'm happy about. JJ will figure something out. Oh yeah, they'll make it work. And if they could do it with Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, we appreciate your time. Uh, thank you pleasure. very much. Where where can people listen to you now? Like right now? Um, well, uh, we are currently on Point of Insanity Network. Okay. Uh, but we also have uh, Facebook pages for all of the podcasts. So just look for Want to Hear Something Interesting or Musically Challenged. Uh, if you're 
into music and into discussion of music, um, I guessed on a couple of episodes of Musically Challenged devoted to Weird Al Yankovic. Okay, and he's we know he's a Star Wars fan, so... Yeah. Yes, indeed. Indeed. A long, long time, time ago. ago. All right, we're going to get out of here before okay. we let you sing too much. <laughs> All right, have a good one, guys. You don't know the power of the dark side. You don't know the power of the dark side. And we're here with another good friend of ours, Adam Netzler. Adam Netzier, as some know him, uh, former game store owner, my former boss, my former employer, uh, and he is one of the reasons why Ben and I even met in the first place. So, Adam, welcome to the show, finally. Thank Great. you for having me. Yeah. Um, Adam is one of the biggest Star Wars fans that we know. Um, he's wearing a Star Wars hat today. He's very rarely seen without a hat, but most of the time it's a Star Wars hat, right? Yep. Yep. Um, Tell us a little bit about your history with the movies. I mean, you, you grew up with them, as everyone I, did, right? I, I grew up with them. I really wasn't exposed to them until I was in uh, my teens. But I I watched them. I'm like, what is it? I saw them in the video store. I was like, what is this? Rented them. And I enjoyed them thoroughly. And then I started reading books and, you know, learning more of the lore of Star Wars. So how old were you? I, I had to be... About around twelve. When Interesting. I okay. Because I, I, so I got into him when I was really young, like right. three years old. Okay. And Ben was also that young. So you, you kind of got into it then, past like the formative, formative years. Right. It was more of a. Something you saw as an interest and you got into. Eh, that's interesting. I don't. Yep. I don't meet a lot of fans that come into it that way. So. Yeah, that's um, how I came into the. What was it about it then? Now that because you have more solid memories than probably of what it was that right. attracted you to the movies. It, it was more the story. I I wasn't much of a special effects guy. I, I mean, I like special effects, but I enjoy stories mo- over it, and I like the story behind Star Wars more than I uh, more than anything else. And so you can imagine. When Ewoks were introduced, I thought it was a little corny, but, you know, I looked beyond that and looked... Do you know that they were intentionally trying to eat people just for the sake of doing it? Because they speak basic? (laughs) (laughs) We learned that? In the Ewok adventure? That's right. So they were like, we're going to eat these people. And Wicket was like, uh... They're people. That one's saying, please don't eat me. And Logray was like, bullshit, we're eating her. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to eat her anyway. I was taught basic by Sindel. You don't remember her? Yeah, she was tasty. (laughs) Oh. Oh, Rest in peace, Sindel. (laughs) She was the star of those movies. Did you ever watch those? Yes, I did. She was so good in those movies. Well, the first one. The second one, yeah. not so much. Yeah. I know, I just can't get over images of those Ewok babies. <laughs> I was like, if somebody needs to murder some younglings, Ewok younglings are, are the, the ones, ones that deserve to be murdered. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. Oh. All right, Adam, uh, you had a really interesting topic that you wanted to bring up that I, I want to get your insight on. 
All right. Uh, oh, you're talking about how the films are inter- uh, influencing, sorry, the gaming industry now and yeah. everything that is currently coming out or has come out in the past. So we're them. we're talking about we're talking about the fantasy flight stuff, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, we, we, we can do that, but there has been stuff previously by big right. game manufacturers before that, too, that have taken off and done well, too. But Fantasy Flight has, I, I think, been doing a great job with their I think so lineup too. of games, toys, whatever you want to call them. I think so. When they bought the license, it was when I was still working for you. Yep. So I remember we read that press release, and we were like, high five. <laughs> this is going to be awesome, because Fantasy Flight does great stuff. And now we've had like a real game manufacturer besides Wizards, right? Right. That is might actually give a shit. Well, yeah. No, Wizards of the Coast doesn't have anything to do with Star Wars anymore. No, it's they all, don't. What I'm saying is yeah. they did though. They yeah, they the had, it had for the license. The, the, yeah, right. they did. But then they did some good stuff with it. They did some okay stuff with a lot of okay stuff. But Fantasy Flight is um, reaching out to more a broader audience. So now they they have manufactured just for the people who who aren't familiar with okay. it. When you look in the store and or you look in a like a board and card game shop and you see the games that star up uh, Star Wars games now, it's all made by the company Fantasy Flight, and they're the people who introduced the X Wings miniature game. Yep. Um, the, Armada. The uh, game mode. Armada. I think there's an Imperial. What is it? Imperial Assault. Like Imperi- a board game. Imperial Assault, the yep. board game. Yes. And then um, Rebellion. Le- Legion. Right. Well, Legion and Rebellion are the big ones right now. Okay. Those are the five main ones that they do. They come out. Rebellion is its own standalone game. Um, the other ones you can buy expansion packs for. Oh, they also have the card game, the non collectible Le- card game. Are Legion and Rebellion, um, are they miniatures games as well? Um, Rebellion is miniature based, but it's a board game. Okay. Um, Legion is a tabletop war game. So, in the style of like a Warhammer? Of, of a Warhammer, yes. Okay. Do they have an RPG out? Yes, they, they, ha- they do. They I was have, going to talk about they that. Have, oh, sorry. They have no, multiple okay. RPGs. They have three RPGs out currently based in the Star Wars universe. Okay, so because I'm old, okay, um, I need you to uh, explain to me how these compare to uh, games that I am familiar with. So... For the card game, can you compare it to the old Decipher card game? Uh, no. uh, is it just as fun? Is it better, worse? I I have not had much experience with the card game, I'll be honest with that. From what I've heard... That's a living card game, right? Yeah, it's a living yeah. card game, which means it comes out with one booster pack a month to add to the decks and everything. Um, but from what I've heard, it is their second biggest selling living card game to date is Star Wars. Their largest one is, of course, Game of Thrones. Okay. Okay. I'm just asking. Like I said, I have not personally played it, so I could not tell you the difference between Deciphers and Fantasy Flights. Well, because I've rage flipped tables, and we had the police called to us on a uh, Uh, a Decipher card game tournament. (laughs) Um, Because Chewbacca with a bowcaster can take down an AT-AT all by himself, and that's some bullshit. Um, Now, how does the uh, RPG compare to the old West End D6? Okay. Um, it is I, I, obviously the mechanics are, are going to be different, different. But I, um, Zach, you have so I, I've got pretty extensive experience with the new, the new crop of RPGs. Just to give you, I guess, to give some reference. This is going to be heresy, but I have finally I own the the like I, I own the reprinted D six books that they did for the thirtieth anniversary of the game. I actually have them on the table over here. So um, they came out with a set. John's actually selling them right over here at the con. 
Um, it's sixty dollars for the set, but they are—they're very faithful recreations of those books. They no, they're identical to right. those books because I own those books. There we go. So they're they're identical. Um, it's it's cool. I'm glad that I have them, and I want to play the system, but I I never have. I have never experienced the D6 Star Wars game. That being said, I have played the other three major iterations, which are the Wizards of the Coast D20, three five, paste over. Right. The uh, Saga Edition that Wizards did, which was almost more of a precursor to 4th Edition than right. it was anything else. And then the Fantasy Flight games. The Fantasy Flight games work with each other very well. They use a dice system that is pretty much proprietary. It was kind of used in the, um, the Warhammer, Warhammer game Fantasy, that they did. Yeah. The Warhammer Fantasy game they did, yeah. Now, unlike that Warhammer Fantasy game, which was like a $100 core set that not I don't think many people played... Um, that this is it's you can buy the books separately and then buy the dice separately, but it is special dice for that game. Um, the good news is that Fantasy Flight has also printed a role-playing game called Genesis recently, very cheap core book. I think it's like thirty bucks. Right, and uh, you can use those same dice in that game to pretty much put it to whatever setting you want. So it's it's a cool system, but the it's much more cinematic. It's not super numbers based. It's more like your stats generated dice pool of success dice, failure dice, and then you roll them, and if you have more successes than failures, then you, you succeed. succeed. Um, then there's also advantages and disadvantages that can cancel each other out, so you can succeed, but there could be negative consequences to your success. So it it's a really, really cool game, and I, I love it, but Adam would know more about how it would compare to that original experience. Right. Um, I would say it is almost a better iteration of the Fantasy Flight is the one I will go to if anybody asks me to run Star Wars from now on. I, I agree. Yeah, it's uh, I used to run D20 all the time. I cut my teeth on the D6. That was like the first or second game I ever DM'd. And so I, I have turned pretty much full over to Fantasy Flight. Not because they're the current one, but I think it is the better iteration of the Star Wars experience. Well, and that's why I asked you, because I knew you wouldn't just say, oh, go buy the new stuff. You would be yeah. like, no, Ben, keep this or play that. You'd be honest. I, with I mean, the old stuff. I I would go the Fancy Flight D6 by West End Games, and then Wizards of the Coast. If I had an order to do it in, that's the order I would do it in. Okay, so Fantasy Flight number one, West End number two, Wizards. Wizards is the prequels, even though it's in the middle, is what you're telling yep. me? Yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and you were talking Wizards D20 over Saga, right? Yeah. Now, I didn't mind Saga, but again, I understand why people don't like it. It's not that great. Right. It's it's not as flexible. Right. It's, yeah. You're pretty much set in your ways. Yeah. Uh, so, it, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about on that front? Um, on the RPG front, there's really nothing. Oh else no, on that, the on uh, the how gaming. it's influencing the industry. You you no, were saying something like that. No, there's like that. Uh, well, other than the miniatures, I think um, it's actually bringing people into the movies too, with all the games really? coming out, because those of us who are fans are introducing this to people who may not have seen the movies or never saw or saw one movie and thought it was okay and all of a sudden they want to learn about these characters or these this aspect of whatever is going on in the game. Okay. So I'm thinking that the gaming industry may actually be drawing more fans towards movies 
That does make sense, because I I would say, in my experience with, like, the X-Wing miniatures game, that's a really well-made game. Right. It's not just, like, a cool Star Wars game. Like, I feel like if you were a fan of miniatures games, you could really get into X-Wing. Actually, some of those figurines, the the little ships, are just cool enough that I own them, even though I haven't played. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yep. Yeah, same here. Same now with the Legion minis. Same thing is happening. I got an ATSD that I have to paint at home because the minis come unpainted. So it's all, not only is it cool, but now it's getting me into a different aspect of the hobby that I've never been in. Also, it's getting me into painting minis. So Star Wars is influential both ways. It's influencing current gamers and try to do stuff they haven't done before. But it's also hauling more gamers into, like, more. if you've played tabletop minis before, it's hauling you into Legion because people are going to Legion and playing that, or X-Wing, or Armada, and playing that. And they're like, this looks cool. It's a space battle game. Let's see what it's about. As an original Trilogy Generation fan... Yes. That's his way of saying old. I know. Well, no, because I, I would consider myself an original Trilogy Generation fan as well. For the, for, for the most part, I was introduced to the series with the original trilogy. Those were the movies that existed when I first started watching Star Wars. Okay. So, okay. Okay. As an original trilogy generation fan, how have you reacted and how have you taken in Disney's stewardship of the license? I actually have enjoyed the last few movies that have come out. Um, Han Solo, the Han uh, Solo Star Wars story, not as much as the other three. Now that's curious because you might be the only person. I want to. I want to talk about this a little. All bit. right. You might be the only person that I've spoken to that outright disliked the movie. Like Ben and I are kind of lukewarm on it, right? You thought right. it was okay. I it's thought it was okay. It's an okay movie. It's just not a good Han movie. Sure. So uh, is okay, that is so that what throws you off about it? Um, it's it. it Okay, it did not feel. Okay, it did not feel like the character of Han Solo that was portrayed in Solo uh, would grow up to be the Han Solo from Episode Four. I'm okay. with you. I'm with you 100. Um, percent You know, you knew how the movie was going to end. You could have thrown some more twists and turns. I do. I like some of it. I will. I will just say this. I could have gotten the same experience in the theater in my mind, just staying at home and watching. Okay. And so I feel I waste I wasted my money going to this is the first Star Wars movie I feel I wasted my money going to a theater and watching. But uh, how else would you have learned that Chewbacca's a cannibal? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, because Chewbacca's eating people, they're throwing into. Oh yeah, he's, I mean, he's not a cannibal; he's not eating Wookies. Well, you don't know that. He's eating right. other sentient life forms. I, I don't put I, it past I, I, I would uh, I would have figured that out when I re, uh, bought the Blu-ray <laughs> and watched it. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's like there was no real... To me, there was no big revelation in that movie. That I agree. No, there, and you that, know, that's and, part of the reason why I just felt like it was okay. Right. I, like, I, it's like, I enjoyed the film for what it was, but you, I agree. You knew the steps that were going to happen. A, right. B, C, D, whatever. You knew the steps that were going to happen. Pretty much the order they were going to happen. And it hit right on cue. And yeah. it just didn't... So I'm like... Ah. Something I did appreciate... And I, maybe I'll make this case to you. I'm not okay. trying to change your opinion yep. on the movie. But something I did appreciate was the idea that you had Han Solo at this earlier point in his life when 
when we see him join the rebellion and then finally start fighting with the rebellion, yeah. that's when you see his compassion. That's when you see his his almost charitable side right come out. He, right. he wants to help the underdog. Right. And that was part of him when he was growing up as a scrum rat on Corellia. Right. Helping out the little guys, trying to right. almost be kind of like a dad to, to some of the kids who were coming up. And then, like, looking out for... But he looked out for his own. He had someone he loved. He wanted to get out. I think that when he got off planet and wasn't able to take Kira with him, it definitely changed his opinions and changed kind of right. his view of the world, being in the Imperial Army. Then you go from... When he meets Kira again, a lot of that is brought back. But it's... He's trying, he's pretending to be this, like, hardened smuggler. Oh, I'm a criminal, and I'm trying to do all of this criminal stuff now, and I don't care about you people. But when he's presented with the opportunity to help people who are trying to fight against the Empire, he wants to help them. And he does give them the, the opportunity to help. He gives them this incredibly valuable resource. Completely, basically, not to his own gain. Right. You know, he just gives it to him, and knowing that there are going to be consequences for his actions. So it's like... I liked seeing that earlier version of Han Solo still having that good streak, right? That right. good streak within him that maybe hardens over in the seven years when you get to A New Hope. Because there are seven years in between right. the movies. Yeah. That kind of hardens over, but by the time he gets to A New Hope, he meets Luke, he's fighting the Empire on the Death Star, he meets Leia, then there is that streak, that spark is reawoken within him, and it's like, all right, I got to do what I got to do. I got to fight for the little guy. See, I love how what Zach loves about this movie is the exact thing I hate right. about this movie. Yeah, yeah. yep. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would agree with you, Ben. It's not... It's seven years. The thing I know, is, there's I know. plenty of time for them to tell the story. And the other thing, the case that I made to Ben was I think that a huge turning point for him does happen in the movie because he doesn't think Kira is going to turn on him. He thinks that Kira, when they defeat Dryden Voss, that Kira's going to come with them and they're going to... Fly the galaxy together. And live happily ever and after. Live happily ever after. And she doesn't. And she decides to stay in the Crimson Dawn. And I think that that... The, the gears start to turn in his head like she never really... She was the person she didn't want me to believe she was. Like she right. was this terrible person. I kind of... I, I don't know if I can trust her. Frankly, I don't know if I can trust anybody. That could be a moment, and that's why I'm, I'm almost sad we're probably not going to get to see another Solo movie, because we probably would be getting the quote-unquote version of Han Solo that you guys want to see. Right. I'm just glad he shot first in this movie. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, technically. <laughs> in, in my version, he always he shoots, shoots first. first yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We won't get into that. <laughs> All right. And, and, and apparently he always did, and that's why him, him and Leia's marriage broke up because Han shoots first. <laughs> what? Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. I knew that was coming. For some odd reason, out of your mouth. But Leia didn't, and that was the problem. <laughs> yeah, we're going blue. All right, All Adam, right. Uh, we appreciate your time. Oh, no uh, problem. And we want to have you on the podcast in the future at some point. We're for like a full episode. Oh, so yeah, we can do that. We, we, we can make time for that. We got to do that at some point. You'll come with me to Green Bay. Oh, yeah. We'll record a couple. Why not? Road trip. Road, <laughs> Road trip. trip. We'll jump in the Falcon. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. Nice seeing both of you again. You don't know the power of the dark side. You don't know the power of the dark side.
And we're back with a good friend of Ben and myself, another former employer of mine, former owner, owner of Chatham Games, Chad Knight. You don't talk for me. He's not a good friend. <laughs> oh, okay. He's my bad friend. My bad, very bad friend, Chad. Fair enough. Knight. My wife always says that when Ben and I get together that she's got bail mail money. So, <laughs> And that's what I love about your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chad used to employ me at his game store, yep. and uh, now we're just good friends. And Chad has uh, had me on his podcast. Um, who wa- what want to talk about is something interesting, right? No, is that it, it, it was whose podcast? That's is right. It anyway, whose whose podcast is it anyway? That's the other podcast. Yes, we, do, we right? have we have who, whose podcast is it anyway. Want to hear something interesting and musically challenged at this point? There we go. Yeah, we've got a couple more that we're going to be launching probably next month. One is called Conversations. Which I have recorded part of already. Oh, you've already recorded part yep, of one? Okay. With, with Scott, who right. was on the show a little earlier. And then another one that uh, I'm going to head up with a buddy of mine, Mike Loomis, uh, called Shit We Talk About. So okay. instead, of page, instead of page one type news stories, we're going to do like page eight news stories. Okay. So and that's all part of the Eclectic the Media, Media Project. Project. Yes, sir. Okay. So we won't get too much further into that because we did plug it earlier in the episode. But I want to talk a little bit about your experience with Star Wars because you're probably the, uh, well, you're not exactly the biggest fan of Star Wars, which I, is weird that you're on our show. <laughs> I think I'm here because I'm friends with you guys. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and because you want to laugh at me. Sure. But no, it's not. I've seen all the movies. I, I get the whole concept. It's a great series. Don't get me wrong. It's a great space opera. But I just don't find it to be a religious experience like it seems some people do. It's true. You know, like Zach. And I don't know if, if you really find it to be a religious experience or if it's more of something, Ben, where you just want to argue with Zach. Could, could be a little bit of both. <laughs> That's right. For, at this point, Ben is only a fan of Star Wars so that he can argue about it with me. <laughs> That would be uh, the ultimate in uh, masochism. Right. It's not that I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm an argue with Zach fan. Aren't we all? <laughs> don't get. Don't go into that. <laughs> Let's not get started with that. Uh, so, Chad, you, you've seen the movies. What? What? Did you grow up with the original trilogy at all? Or I didn't. My parents are not the sci-fi type of people. I see. Okay. So I grew up with stuff like Smokey and the Bandit. Every which way but loose. You know, more of the redneck stuff. Okay. <laughs> so when when did you first watch the original trilogy? Because I imagine that was the first exposure you had to Star Wars, Yeah, right? it was. And honestly, I think I was engaged to my wife at the time. So this would have been well into the 90s. Yeah, I would have been, let's see, we got married in 96, so maybe 94. Okay. 95, something like that. that you, then you and I actually watched Star Wars <laughs> for the first time around the same time. Right. So you would have been... Three. You, Three, okay. Yeah. I was not. <laughs> Nor was I. You haven't you haven't pulled that one out in a while. <laughs> I see. know. 94, I would have been 17 because that's the year I graduated high school. I was also still not. <laughs> <laughs> but you were closer to 17 than three. I was closer to 17 than three. That's certainly true. Um, so I guess you haven't found it to be that big of an experience, but you have watched the newer films, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. All, yeah, all of them. So would... How do you compare them then, since you don't have this deep-rooted like mm-hmm. respect and idealism of those original films? How would you compare the newer films to the originals in your lens? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you out on one thing. There, there's, there's a definite respect to. Oh no, oh no, I'm saying like 
the respect in the sense that I and Ben have that respect of like this is like the Holy Bible. Like this, right, these okay, are the texts okay. that are held on high. <laughs> the ultimate text. Empire Strikes Back is way up here. Right? Can you name the Holy Trilogy? Sure. A New Hope, Empire, <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Yes, the Trinity. Trinity. The Trinity. Yeah. Yes. But no, the original ones, considering when they were made. I think we're done. It was it was amazing what Lucas did with them. I think the story is really good. The problem I have with not only this trilogy but most trilogies is so A New Hope was a great show. It ended up on a high note. It was it was a lot of fun. Then you had the second one which is The Empire Strikes Back, correct? Yes. So Empire ended and it was a horrible ending. It, it was, was just an amazing like, ending. What do you mean? How is it amazing? The Empire, the bad guys are winning, the good and guys are falling apart. And yet somehow you're still filled yes, with Yes, and yet somehow you know that it's all going to be okay. Luke has a new hand. You just get that hand back. <laughs> they got cut off. You the get it stranger, back. The stranger is, a whole, is really a stranger now. <laughs> Fair enough. And then you get into the third movie with your Ewoks. <laughs> I, I, it took a second. I was trying to just, took a second. just go on. Chad was just like, I'm just going to let that go. I'm not going to comment. <laughs> Joey's over here burying his hand in his head. And then there's Zach five minutes later going, oh, my God. No, nah, yeah, no, nah, it wasn't five minutes. <laughs> I know, I know. Anyway. But then you get into the third movie, which was a lot of fun, but I don't know plot-wise what it really did for the entire setup of movie seven. Well, it did nothing because they were never intending to make movie seven. Well, but my understanding was that Lucas had written all nine parts. He lied. No, he... he. Well, okay. That's not entirely true. So he, it is well publicized that he did have an idea for what 7, 8, and 9 would be. But yeah, and he did give it to Disney, but Disney did not use it. Well, and here's my other question. So why, if he hadn't written parts 1 through 3, why name the first one 4? Why call it part four? I don't know. To give it a more of a serialized feel? Actually, he didn't. Now, you may not remember this, but when, well, the, when, when the new movie Hulk came, came out, out, it was there was no episode. Right. When the, when, the new, when the movie came out, there was no episode title. But I believe that by the time of Empire Strikes Back, right. he, had, he had revised it to be like, okay, this is episode five. Right. So, right. So it was Star Wars, and then it was Star Wars episode five. Actually, it was just Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. And then Star Wars Return of the Jedi. I don't remember them being given numbers. No, the, the crawl of Empire Strikes Back had episode five in oh, the does crawl. It? Okay. Yes, it does. Well, and it's hard to say unless you have one of those old copies because as he updated each one. Hang on. Adam Netzler's right behind me. I'm going to confirm this. Right. Check with, okay. check, check with Adam. Oh, God. Now we got to listen. Adam is the. Adam is the. It was always yes, episode always, five? always. Okay. So Adam Netzler is your Star Wars. Well, I am my own Star Wars encyclopedia. Adam so, is just my confirmation. So when you're out. when you watch this movie in theaters for the first time, you saw, a, you saw Star Wars as Star Wars, and then it was Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, and for some reason it had episode five, even though it was the second movie. That must have confused the hell out of people. Well, it didn't confuse... I mean, it didn't confuse me. Well, no, he was three. Yeah, I was three. Yeah, but we were two. No, young. you're right. It probably did confuse a lot of people. That's what I mean. I don't know. They just left it open. Right, and I don't understand. If he hadn't written those first three parts, why he would have you know, serialized them anyway, except Star Wars, 
Star Wars A New Hope, maybe episode two kind of thing. I mean, there had to be something there. He had to have something there. Or he's just the biggest con artist in the world. That is correct. He could be that. He could be that. Okay. That's fair, fine. Fair. Like I said, but, I'm not... But he's a movie guy, right? It's, right. It's, I think that as a storyteller, he was giving himself an out to be like, okay, there is a first part, and then it's like, if, if I feel like getting around to making those first three, I will. But he didn't do that with anything else. He didn't do that with Indiana Jones. No, but he... Uh, actually, technically he did, because Indiana Jones 2 is actually a prequel. Temple of Doom actually takes place before Raiders, chronologically. Okay. You only know that if you actually pay attention to the dates. Right. But technically, episode... Technically, movie two is a prequel. And there's a part of movie three that's even more a prequel prequel to that. And then there was a whole TV show called The Adventures of Young Indiana. Yep. Yep. Young Indiana Jones. Okay. So, yes, the, the, I can... Also, he wasn't completely responsible for Indiana Jones. He had... Right. right. Steven Spielberg Input. came in and said, no, that, that, that shit doesn't make sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any <laughs> we sense. We have to fix that, George. And they did. So, anyway, to continue my comparison of the first three to the other ones. And then in <coughs> 1990... Was it 98? That Special ep- editions? No, or episode one came 99. out. 99. Episode one came out, and of course, you know, everybody wants to see it. I want to see it. My wife is more into Star Wars than I am. So we should be talking to her? You could, <laughs> except she's not here. Oh. But, you know, it was one of those things. We went to it, and I was absolutely blown away by how beautiful of a movie it was. Oh, it is gorgeous. It is a gorgeous movie. Yeah, visually and, inspired. And especially, like, the underwater stuff and all that, that was... Amazing! I'm one of the few. I like Jar Jar Binks. You you like Jar Burn Jar in Hell, yes. the character of Jar Jar. I do. Not even Joey will go that far. But at the same token, there was such a. I can't outlash. do this anymore. I'm done. <laughs> We're joking. Keep going. I'm sorry. The Jack, the, the outlash that Jar Jar got for the way he sounded and the way he acted, I thought was really a sad turn of events when you look at the, the um, I don't know, the fish people. Uh, the Gungans. The, was it the Gungans? The, no, no, his no, species? His species was Gungans. Yeah. I'm talking about the blockade species. The weren't they Nemoidians. Like, the, the ones that sounded like they were uh, The bad Asian Oriental? stereotype? Yeah. Yeah, the Nemoidians. The, the Nemoidians, right. Right. And they got no heat in the press. And a lot of the heat that Jar Jar got was because he sounded like he was Jamaican or whatever it was, and they thought they were like being the stereotypical thing. At least that's what I saw. Okay. As a kid, I didn't get any of that. Right. And as an adult, I went, "Oh, more Star Wars racism." Sure. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it racism. It's like, how do we know what alien races are going to sound like? We don't. Yeah, we do. They're all going to speak English. <laughs> okay, now you're jumping to Star Trek. <laughs> Star no, well, Trek no, has translators. Yeah, they're all speaking Galactic Basic. Right. Yeah. Which so anyway, is obviously English. I really enjoyed Not the written. first movie. The second movie, which was Attack of the Clones, I didn't enjoy so much. I mean, they had some great battle scenes in there, but it wasn't a great movie in my estimation. I know it introduced what is quickly becoming my favorite Star Wars character. What's and that? And that's Count Dooku? Count Dooku. Oh, sure. I don't okay. know. I don't know why. You're, you've got this weird-ass theory. The more I watch of Count Dooku, the more... You almost had me convinced in that episode where we talked about it. 
Uh, not anymore. No, it's out the window now. I'm, I'm, I'm officially against your theory on Dooku. And then there was Return of the Sith, which Revenge, Revenge of the, of the Sith. Sith. I'm sorry, Revenge of the Sith. And up to the point that those six movies had been released, that became my favorite. I really liked the story they told of Anakin turning into Vader. Now we can talk about the acting of the guy who played Anakin, and right, but we won't because. It was passable. So what about... I'm talking about the newer, newer films. I'm talking about, like... Rogue Force One. Force Awakens, Rogue One, One, Solo, Last Jedi. Okay, so let's start with Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was an amazing movie. Okay. Um, I thought the storyline was really good. You knew going in, if you knew anything about Star Wars, you knew that going in, the, the story behind it, that nobody was going to get out alive. It just, you know... So when people were on the internet yelling about nobody gets out alive how can they do this it's like you should have known this I thought it was a very well put together movie Force Awakens I enjoyed as well um, I like I love I have a love hate relationship with Kylo Ren I'll tell you that okay um, what's to hate well besides him being a bad guy the fact that he inherited his whiny moodiness from his grandpa well there's that but I'm no, an emo the, kid at heart, so that the, the that speaks to me. The thing about Kylo Ren that is he's trying to be a bad guy, but he's not. In his in his inner soul, you can read it throughout the the guy who plays him and the way he acts and talks. He's not a bad guy. I I disagree. Um, I, I agree. He and doesn't I disagree. even kill Han Solo. I agree. Yes, yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Oh, he does. Han kills himself. Han kills himself. No, he I'm with does you. not. I'm absolutely. Han does not kill himself. Okay, let's talk about that scene. They're on the bridge, right? Yeah. And they're face to face. He's got the lightsaber not lit up. And Han looks at him and says, "I'm sorry," and it activates. That's Han activating that sword. No, it's I not. agree with you completely. I've said that since I watched Han it doesn't time. say I'm sorry. Nobody says I'm sorry. Or whatever he says. He, he the, says, oh, the uh, line of diet, he says you. anything. That's right. what he says. Right. He says anything. anything for you. And, and they said, look at each other, and Kylo looks down, and his face turns stone. Like, he, he was looking sad and, like, forlorn and, like, I'm feeling a struggle. And then his face changes to a... Like a determination, and then suddenly Han Solo is dead. It's not Han Solo it's that, Han activated that activates. Han that. activates Absolutely not. No. Well, I, we could probably argue this for hours. Let's not. Why, but why would he do that? Why to would Han save Solo his do son. that? But You're going to find out in episode nine. Okay. I just, I the really second so. to last Jedi. When when Kylo <laughs> con, when Kylo confesses to somebody that he didn't kill Han no, Solo. When, when when he goes good. I honestly believe that's okay. going to happen. All right, dude. Hey, I could be wrong. We don't know. You will be wrong, but that's fine. That's like I said, a conversation I'm a casual, for another day. I'm a casual okay, fan. Okay, it's cool. It's cool to see how, I guess, a casual fan reads that moment. I definitely don't think So that I guess, Ben, true. you're a casual fan, too, because you agree with me. That's right. Well, technically, you agree with me on the podcast, because I said it first. He did. I Did you say you said that on the podcast? Yeah, I said that when we talked about episode one, when we talked about the episode. Interesting. Okay. That I said I thought Han Solo committed suicide. I said Man. that. I said that within ten minutes of leaving the theater. You really think Han Solo? I do. Like the character of Han Solo, as we know him, as we knew him to that point, someone who runs away from responsibility, someone who is very individualistic, headstrong. You really think that he would kill Are, himself? Is the person who's defending Luke Skywalker's 
portrayal in these two movies actually going to question a characterization of Han? I'm, I'm not questioning a characterization because I believe... There's a difference between the two ideas. And I'm sorry, Chad. I'm not no, trying to get you off track. There's a difference between the two ideas. One idea is you're taking an old character whose character is well-established, and you are you are implying or you are taking that he committed an action that we don't actually know that he took or not, I guess. Okay. Again, I agree with you. There is some wiggle room. You definitely don't see Kylo Ren's hands activating the lightsaber, so you're right. There's wiggle room that it is possible that Han Solo killed himself, but it's not definitive. So you're you're projecting well, that he could have. Well, we're I'm inferring. You're inferring that he did. I'm inferring that he did not. That there is no way that the character portrayed on screen would do that to himself, even in that situation. Because at that point, he's just trying to save his son and convince him to come back with him. Killing himself does saves not just, his son. But how? Because he has not committed that act. So you think right, his that, son didn't do it. You think that by Han killing himself, that would awaken something within Kylo? Like maybe that no, was it means Han's Kylo idea? didn't do it. But Kylo is believed to have done it by everyone right, else. Right, but Kylo knows he didn't do it. Kylo believes that killing Han will be the ultimate opening to the dark side. Snoke believes that Kylo killing Han will lead him to the dark side. Han killing himself so Kylo couldn't stops him from going to the dark side, which we find out in the beginning of the next movie that it has done nothing to change his attitude. I killed, I killed Han Solo. But it did nothing. You know, well, right. you're no That's later. That's the thing, though. He claims that he did. He right. says, of course I he's going to say he, he did. He takes the credit for it. Of course he's going to take the I'm credit. And I'm pretty sure that the book, I'm, we could be completely having a uh, totally off conversation because I'm pretty sure the novelization does state that he kills Star Wars is a film franchise. It. I don't care what the book says. The book, uh, the film novelization <laughs> counts. So, but you do agree that there is a chance that Han Solo could have killed himself. No, oh, you're sure. Gonna, you're and that is a father's love saving oh, his hang child. On, hang on, but that's not the point. That's not the point I'm going for. You're comparing the two situations with Luke and Han, right? You're saying, oh, I'm taking issue with how Han's characterized. It's not the same thing, because Han is not characterized that way. You're inferring that he killed himself, but that's not being directly shown by the filmmakers that that is, in fact, what happened. Whereas Luke's actions are directly shown... It is illustrated to us, and it is justified to us. I'm saying Bullshit. that makes sense to me, and they did enough to make it make I sense. Think obses- I take exception to your use of the word justified. It is. It's all justified. No. It, with, with Luke's internal logic from what we've seen and what we continue to see, it was justified. How, why did he leave a map if he was hiding? He didn't leave a map. Who left the map? I don't know. R2? It was in his memory banks? Why did? How did R2 have a map? He didn't go with them. Maybe R2 definitely went with him many different places. I don't know, Ben. That's a good question. I don't know what the answer to that one is. I don't know who left the map, but I don't think it was Luke. Maybe maybe our questions will be answered in episode 9. I hope maybe. so. I hope episode 9 makes episode 8 not suck. <laughs> well, Chad, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. sorry, Chad, continue <laughs> to tell us what you think of the new movies because I interrupted to derail it yet again. So that sure. was episode 7. I enjoyed episode seven a lot. Episode eight, I'm having a hard time remembering what it was about. Really? I am. Jog my memory here. Um, Ray goes to the planet to try and learn from Luke. He refuses oh, yeah, to yeah, teach yeah. her. That's one. Okay. Chewie eats the... <laughs> 
pogs in front of the Yeah, pogs. Chewie eats the pork. <laughs> well, no, he tries to eat the pork. He can't do it, though. Right. He I, did kill it, though, and cook it. And skin it right yeah. in front of <laughs> He defeathered it. Yeah, that's the new Ewoks, as far as I'm concerned. The porgs or the pork or whatever That's the point, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was an okay movie. Not as good as Seven. But, it, like, every trilogy, and I'm sorry, but Star Wars is a trilogy of trilogies. Right. Now, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Every trilogy, the second show is always the downer show. Right. Uh, the original trilogy, the second show is the best. It might have but been it the is best. The it's a downer. downer. Right. It's a downer show. Okay. And then Han Solo. I only have very little to say about Han Solo. It was a good show. Danny Glover as... Donald Glover. Or Donald Glover. Right. Danny Glover <laughs> Dan- was too Dan- old for that Dan- shit. Danny Glover <laughs> as, as Lando. <laughs> Donald Glover as Lando was amazing. I thought he portrayed that, a young Lando, spot on. And I was worried about it, because I'm used to watching Donald Glover as a stand-up comedian. And it was amazing what he did. But overall, of all the Star Wars movies, I still have to say either Force Awakens or Revenge of the Sith are my favorites out of them. Okay. So, I know that's probably blasphemy to the old school guys. No, I love Force no, Awakens. Cool. I love it. What, uh, who's your favorite character? Jar Jar. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was really quick. <laughs> I was I was thinking somebody would answer me. Um, that's hard. I like the aged Leia. Leia. Princess Leia. So, Leia, but her older version? I, I'm just saying I like. Okay. I think my favorite character, though, God, that's a hard one. Um, the lead Ewok. Okay. No, I, I, I guess I really don't have a favorite character. Okay, that's a hard question for a casual fan, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, what's well, a hard question for any fan? Yeah, that's I, true. Who's your favorite? I mean, Gengar. I'm sure you know this. Uh, it's 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 tough, right? I have to narrow it down to like three. Right now, it's got to be Luke. Um, it's, I mean, Anakin's a great character, but I think Obi-Wan probably has the tougher job. Um, so probably Luke, Obi-Wan, and Kylo Ren. Yeah, I like Kylo Ren, but I just see his life changing in a different way than you do. That's all. Right. We, and we're, we're, we see it very, very differently. And, and you can listen in two weeks we're going to be talking about that a lot because I've got a new outlook on how the relationship between Kylo Ren and Rey is even more detailed than we really thought that it was or that I initially thought that it was. And, you know, another good character I actually thought was, uh, oh, what they end up calling him, but he was the stormtrooper that turned into... Uh, Finn? Finn, yeah. I, I like that character as well. I like the way it's changed, and it shows that they're not all just clones. Right. Well, they haven't been clones for a long time, but I know what you mean. Right. But for the casual fan, you think Stormtrooper, you think clones. Sure. Especially after the prequels. Right. All right. Well, Chad, we know we can find you with the Eclectic Media Project if people want to hear more of your voice. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll get back together soon, I'm sure. Yeah. It was fun, guys. Thanks. You don't know the power of the dark side. You don't know the power of the dark side.
And we're back with the guru, the founder, the creator of Lincoln himself, Joshua Yeager. Hey, everybody. Hi. Woo! I feel, uh, I feel Woo! A, a crowd of thousands. Crowd of thousands. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for having us here at the show Thanks. for the second consecutive year. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, this, year, this year, we finally decided to record something because Ben was able to get here. He was That's not awesome. able to get here last Jack year. Jack told me I couldn't come last time. Ooh. That was not true. Hi, Ben. I'm Joshua. Hi, Josh. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Zach is right. such a good host. He's always really good at introductions. I'm so good. I'm so good. No, at it's that. it's actually it's it's awesome. Oh, do, do you need to be introduced to Joey? Joey? Josh? Joey? Hey, Joey. I'm Joshua. I thought you did meet him. I don't know. Perhaps. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that the microphone has been. Pat slid over to me. <laughs> this is the most high tech podcast. We, I need to ever. get, I need to get a fourth microphone for no for uh, conventions. Yeah, but That's honestly, basically what that means. Honestly, though, it is really cool having you guys here. This is awesome. I'm really glad you guys could be a part of the show again. It's really good. It's a, it's a good thing. I think you guys got. A, I hope that you guys got a lot of people to talk to and different opinions and different perspectives on things. So. Yeah, we had a good. I think we had a good time. Um, a you lot think? of questions, you which think? you will. Yeah, a lot of questions, which you will hear in two weeks on our. Uh, our big rapid-fire question episode. Nice. That'll be fun. Uh, but in the meantime, I wanted to talk a little bit about the convention with you for people who, who decide to give it a go in future years. Sure. So this was the eighth year, right? Yep. Okay. This is our so eighth year. What, what made you want to do this? I mean, I know you have a large collection of video games. So was it just kind of you wanted to it's find not a, a collection. Way to show them it's, off? it's not a collection. It's a library. I'm yeah. sorry. Excuse me. A library. A collection. Right, collection smaller. Collection library. makes him sound obsessive, too. And That's library true. sounds like he's saving it for posterity. Yeah. That's it's, true. It's, I'll get to it. I'll get to <laughs> So library then. Uh, yeah, no. Um, what was made that me want to do it? this? Or, yeah. um, I don't know. I guess I acquired a lot of junk over the years, certainly. That's a big part of it. But I also help out with other game conventions. I've been helping out with Midwest Gaming Classics since like 2003. Okay. Um, and that, I just kind of became a larger part of the video game museum, which is generally this concept of putting together this historical look at the entire gaming industry as far as like from Pong and Atari all the way to the Xbox stuff, you know, so you know, at that point in time PlayStation and Xbox and PlayStation 2 were kind of around in GameCube and so um, I just hung out and stuck around the old cartridge-based consoles for whatever reason, I just couldn't get past that and it still, I'm still like I love the newer stuff, I think it's great but I, there's nothing like playing some old school stuff so, and I just, I don't know, it's like I want to play and and have as much of that old stuff as possible. And when you have all that stuff, um, j j interestingly, when we first did our first pizza and games here in 2011, um, I didn't expect this. I never thought it was going to get to be like this. Right. I just wanted to rent a uh, conference room at a pizzeria and invite people. And I brought five TVs, and then we had a couple tables for role playing, and we sat until 10 o'clock at night and played. And then brought it all back home and didn't, I didn't, I think I charged people for coming and hanging out, but I didn't, you know, it was like a dollar or three dollars. Like, hey, pitch in some money for pizza, you know, to come hang out. Cause that's the idea is that it's pizza and games. Like every year, it's why we still give away free pizza with every ticket. It's like, come and hang out, have some pizza and games. And that was the idea. And so by the third year, um, we, I never advertised, I never put up signs, I never did anything. I just did the thing and maybe created a Facebook event. That was about it and then invited my friends to it. And uh, the third year we had like 55 people. And I'm looking around the room and I'm like, I don't know half of these people. Where the fuck are they coming from? Can I swear? Is it okay if I swear? Oh yeah, you, you can, can swear. I'm like, I do all the time. where are these people coming? I just didn't, I didn't know idea. And it was just people that go and they want to bring their friends and I don't know them, you know? And so then I said, well, 55 people in a little bar, like so we, we did it, we did it at a tiny little bar. It was really congested and I'm like, so 
I talked to Mark here at Lesson Gyms, and I said, um, actually, it was a hookup between Schwartzman and I. He had gotten a hold of Mark, and Mark was asking why we didn't ask about doing shows here. And I never thought about it because this is a big ballroom. Like, this could fit, you know, maybe a couple hundred people or whatever. And so we thought about it, and I'm like, well, let's just do one-third. Like, because there's, there's rooms in yeah. thirds. So we just did one-third I remember of that the year. Room. That was, what, 2014? Yep, it was. Yeah. It was our fourth. Um, and we did one-third of this room, and we had 80 people in here, and it was just ridiculously packed. There was, yeah. there was a craft fair show in here where it's a bunch of people just doing crafting things. And by, like, 3 o'clock, they were done, and they moved out. And, and Mark came, and he's like, do you want me to open these doors? And we opened the rest of it and just spilled out into the rest of the ballroom, and we took it over. Like, and we, we were here until, like, 1 in the morning, just like we were. Well, last night we were here until, like, 2.30 in the morning. But, like, we just spilled out, and I'm, I thought, I'm just like, if we want to keep doing this here, I need the whole thing. And it just keeps growing. And I, we just we, we went over, like, 200 attendees already this morning, and it's like, it's now it's noon. Like, we still have four more hours of the show, so I expect a couple more. I think we've already broken our all-time high attendance, so... It's been good. It's just keeps growing. Word of mouth. Organic. Just like this. Just like this. So what would you say is the big... Would you say that the... Pretty much any video game system you can think of that ever existed is here, right? Uh, not that I can think of. Not that you can think of. <laughs> but, but most I, people should be able to come in here and be like, oh my god, I never... You know, it's oh obscure and unique and weird and I've sure. got super graphics and Neo Geo and Turbo and... You know, some Sega stuff, 32X, Sega CD, a lot of weird game systems, obscure and weird, and and the in the more you know the more under the more recognizable stuff like Nintendo and Genesis and all the way up to you know, we got a Nintendo Switch over here with you know the Wii and Smash Brothers and stuff right. like that. So yeah, I mean, it's I try to make it so that there's a really broad spectrum of stuff that hopefully some people will be like, I don't even know what this is, and then I get to tell them a story about how stupid and obnoxious. It is. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, that came out in uh, Korea and it, they made like 5,000 of them and I've got it and I live in Merrill, Wisconsin. But you would say you would say that's like the attraction of the show so to speak? Yeah. Is, is the games like the, the the video games and the retro games? That's my portion of it. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yep. I, I do like that we this year we really really expanded with the board games and the tabletop stuff. We've got way more RPG events this year than we've ever had before and then Board Wars those gaming group with um, Will, Becky and Kat they came yesterday and ran board games all day long and that was a really big part of it this year and I think that's that's the big jump this year we jumped from like I know video games really well but I'm not super up on the board game stuff so like having them being able to run that half of it and just watching people like just go over there and just demo games all day long it was really cool and I think it helped Johnny and um, the Central Wisconsin Gaming Enthusiast guys like we were giving out board games every hour for the trivia and everybody wanted more board games and Johnny's like selling board games so it's like I mean I never thought of that being a big part of the show but this year it grew that yeah. was the big growth is the tabletop stuff but I'm that's the thing though is if I can get more people to focus on that then I can continue focusing on just on the video game stuff because that's what I understand I'm, I'm more familiar with it so right for sure um, for sure now, is this uh, Labor Day weekend every year do you aim for Labor Day weekend I'd, I'd rather not <laughs> but well, yes, I, I'd I mean, rather you not too because I like I missed yesterday because yeah. we moved my daughter into college. Yeah, I've not heard. to talk about personal lives on the podcast. That's actually, right. Do we also, not know how much is, you hate also, that. Also, this is going to be presented in different order. So Ooh. now we're we're Ooh. breaking kayfabe. Whoa, kayfabe. Yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> no, um, yes. So the first time we did it on Labor Day weekend, um, we didn't grow as far as fast as we were growing. That remember I said it was like thirty people, then fifty-five, then eighty, and then like. Um, I think we did 100 and then we, we moved to Labor Day weekend and it was like 120 or it was just like it wasn't the same percentage of growth and so I'm wondering if maybe Labor Day weekend is kind of like 
hindered our potential attendance a little bit just because this is the last big summer hurrah you know everybody's going out camping and doing other things with families and I guess my target is hopefully maybe people that don't have families and just are lonely and sad and they're coming out of their basement to come game with us. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Hi, <laughs> Hi there. That's what I do. I'm Hi. I was just wondering because I walked through the video games and it it kept pushing my nostalgia buttons and I kept yeah. thinking, oh man, I got to bring my kids to this so that we can play some of the video games yeah. and systems that I had when I was younger and I played them literally to death. Yeah. And now I can't find them anymore to to enjoy Paperboy 2 with yeah. the kids. Yeah, right. Um, so you would you see Merrill as the, the now and future home of the show, right? Yes. Lincoln will always be in Merrill. Okay. If we were ever going to expand anything outside... I it's called Lincoln because it's in Lincoln County. Well, Gen Con was in G- Geneva for a reason, oh, and that moved to true. Indianapolis. Okay. So Gen Con moved, it's still Gen Con. So you're going to go to Indianapolis too, right? <laughs> that's, the, I mean, that's the goal. <laughs> that's the no, idea. if we were going to ever expand to another show or expand to a, d- a different place, I would want it to be a different show. Okay. Same concept, same idea, but maybe a bigger location. I got you. All right. It would be me organizing two major events a year then instead of just the one. Oh, wow. That's what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some Star Wars. Because I'm, I'm, I, we don't talk about Star Wars much, you and me. When oh, we, yeah, no, we, we do don't. See you know far more together, than I do. Yeah, we usually talk about stupid wrestling but, garbage. But you you are a big Star Wars fan from when you grew up, right? Absolutely. That's the idea. Yes. So I guess I want to get more of your opinion of, sure. of what is happening now. I mean, I when I grew up, there were two out of the three Star Wars movies were great. Now it's two out of the, what, nine are great? Two of the eight? <laughs> so. Okay. So that's how you feel about it. That's No, and that's fine. So I, no, I guess. Uh, great? How did you find Star Wars? What was, I mean, obviously, oh, it was permeating culture yeah, it was, back uh, in the 80s. Yeah, it was an but, HBO marathon in like. 87 they were doing they did star wars empire and jedi and okay. i watched them all on on hbo one night and it was just like whoa that was what it, my I, mind was blown i knew of it i definitely knew of it but i'd never sat down and watched it and i think it was like midway through empire and i was just like this is jesus what the hell like this is awesome i i definitely invested in this forever now like so okay but what happened i mean did the prequels happened? happen like what i guess would you still the consider yourself happened. a fan or what oh well i mean I made a joke of two of the three. I love the original trilogy. It's it's awesome. It's amazing. Right. Grew up with it. Loves you know collecting toys and stuff like that. And the prequels happened, but like, I don't know. It didn't like scar me in any way. It didn't affect me n- initially right away because I actually left Phantom Menace thing. That was pretty cool. Like I was like, it was good to hear the music again. It was you know it had been such a long time that we had experienced any kind of a new thing. Hey Mang. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um, so I didn't hate Phantom. I, I didn't. Just start disliking it until I think everyone else just started disliking it and it kind of pointed out some of the problems with it and I'm like what are you guys talking about and I'm like oh yeah Jar Jar oh, we were yeah. just talking about this I think Joey and I were talking about this earlier we were saying something that like yeah isn't that weird it, pe- other people's perception of something definitely oh, yeah. definitely oh, yeah, can definitely reflect does. on your own so yep. when you're when you're in the moment like when I was watching Last Jedi mm-hmm. honestly truly that when I watched it the first time I was like everyone's gonna love this movie I loved it. I, I loved this at first, so and, I, and I thought everyone was going to love it. I came out of the theater, and immediately, like, I saw the wave of social media reaction of, we don't like this movie. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. how is this even possible? That's like, so it was, weird. Yeah, it, so... When, I, I, when, the, when the end credits hit, I just went, what the fuck? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I did. I couldn't... In a good way or a bad way? Bad, bad way. way. It's not that, um... 
the action se okay we can talk about that forever I'm sure it's not that the action sequences are any particular overall feelings of the movie because I get it there's like some endings and in the the downer movie of the trilogy it's gonna be like oh the bad guys are yeah. in the lead now or whatever right I didn't hate all that stuff I just thought there was really shitty editing and this and okay. the whole casino thing I just didn't get it yeah yeah but the I guess that we were Unless I know, but I've, there's a trilogy happening, so well, maybe it's, it's a the third right. movie will be like, oh, here comes uh, Benici. What's his name? Benicio del Toro. Del Toro. Maybe del DJ? Toro has actually. I don't know if DJ's in the next movie. Maybe he's a bigger part of this third part that's going to make it all make sense. They. I don't think that maybe. they announced. Maybe I could be wrong, but I don't know. If maybe they this is how they tie. The they tie together Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> this is how my fan fiction's going to work. It's going to all tie together, and oh like Star Lord's going to be like, dude, I'm in Star Wars now. We did have a a younger. <laughs> fan approached us yesterday and he's like his question was something about Jar Jar and he's like oh, why wow. do you guys think that Jar Jar gets so much hate and he was talking about how much he really liked Jar Jar and he I, thought Jar Jar was funny and after he left I was like oh he's like seven that's probably gonna change in five years maybe he's gonna grow I'm, up, not, he's a, gonna I'm like, not a huge Jar Jar hater you have cause so Ben has the Phantom children. Menace is the best of the, tr of the prequels Really? Yes, by far. By wow. far. That, you are the only person I know, besides Joey, who feels that way. So of, Joey of wants the four more trade disputes. Of the four of us, half of us think Phantom Menace is the best of the prequels. And half of, one, one of us thinks it's the worst, and one of us thinks it's the second. I, I so think it falls in the middle. Attack of the Clones is the worst? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. By, by a by landslide. A, by it's a country not even close. It's by like F minus, mile. then C, then C plus. There's your, there's your prequels. Now, we, we were watching Attack of the Clones earlier, and we came to the... I mean, it has a plot. There are moments. Good. You know there what are the moments. best moment of that movie moments. is? There's, that? there's two. Of End Attack credits? Of that's, that's part of it. <laughs> but the two best parts of Attack of the Clones... I Guess what? We're jumping off topic. The best two parts of Attack of the Clones is one is that arena scene with that cat-like creature and then the big giant okay. lizard thing. The I love Nexu and the Akla. I love that scene. And then I love the Count Dooku and, and Obi-Wan walking around where Dooku's like yeah, hanging. Sure. And he's like, dude, here's everything. I'm okay. I'm not a bad... You know, like, here's everything. Like, here's what's happening. And Obi-Wan's like, fuck you. No way. That's not true. And it's like, dude, there was actually storyline yeah. here. George, you were onto something. <laughs> You had a moment, and then he's just like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> Yoda, yay!" Even the bad With lightsabers. Even the quote-unquote bad Star Wars movies, they have moments. Like all of it's them have F moments. Minus. But that it's movie like, isn't. Yes, right. yes. If there's moments. Like together, I said, the two best right. moments. But it is an F minus. That is just yeah. unbelievably terrible. Yeah, you can find something to like in every movie. I find lots of things to like in The Room. That's a great movie. <laughs> okay. Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, we know. We leaps and bounds above Attack of the Clones, but sure. Uh, to Citizen Kane. I I want your I want to just ask you this question. We we sort of know Ben's experience. His children are into Star Wars now. Sure. But he can can I talk about how many kids you have? Yeah, absolutely. You have six kids. I've got six children of many many different ages. Yep. Right. My so, oldest lives in uh, he lives in Minneapolis now. Right. And he's a college student. Right. He is, yep. So, and and your your youngest is two. Yep. Yeah. So, varying ages. And you're sort of now, did you get any of that effect of, like, re-experiencing Star Wars through them in any way? Um, hmm. Because as they were growing up, you know, you had the prequels, yeah. you had the, yeah. the the Clone Wars animated series. I don't know if you guys were into that at all. We didn't really do that, but we did the Clone Wars Volume 1 and Volume 2, the, the animated okay. shorts. Sure. We were big into that. We watched all of those before, between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. We watched all those, and then we, like, literally did a marathon of 2 and then Volume 1 and Volume 2, and then went to go see Episode 3. With kids, it was fun. It was good. Um, they're just—they, I think they're probably not into it as much as I am because I was into it. 
You know, it's oh. one of those rebellious things where they're like, eh, I got other things, Dad. We're cool. And that's so ironic because my dad got me into it because he, he liked them. On he the thought kids, it was though. classic. Like, he thought it was this classic trilogy of movies that I would like. And I was three. Little did he know what, <laughs> right. would, what would happen. Right. Right. Now I'm way more into it than he is, oh. for sure. And this is how addiction starts. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, well, I, I think that, that that's pretty much it. That's all I had for you. Who's your favorite Star Wars character, would you say? Oh, my God. Um, yeah. It can be anybody. It doesn't have to be like a mainline. Jeez, my favorite Star Wars character? Yeah. Sheesh. Uh, maybe Han Solo. That's a toughie. I don't know if I ever thought about that. My favorite character. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Um, favorite Star Wars movie? Empire is the easy choice. It's sure. really good. Um, if I was going to rank them, it would go Empire, Star Wars, Rogue One. Okay. Jedi. Okay. And then all the rest of the shit. <laughs> Who cares? The shit. All the rest of the wow. shit. Wow. Okay. Here's a good question for you, though. Sure. When I was growing up, you know, I love Star Trek a lot. And that's obviously a different, completely different concept, different universe, and different yeah. everything. But, like, um, growing up, there were good and bad Star Trek movies. There were good and bad Star Trek movies, obviously. Like the even in the odd ones. Yeah, exactly. Right. I actually love one. One's my favorite. The motion picture is my favorite Star yeah. Trek movie ever made. And that's an odd one, which is funny because the third and the fifth, they're like, okay. Um, but uh, in the Star Wars movies were these things you put up on a pedestal. It's like Star Wars would never do this. Star, it's like Star Trek V came out and it's just like, God, I'm so glad Star Wars is around because they would never fuck up like this. <laughs> but now but now you look then at this five years later well you look at this now and I'm thinking about the ratio of good to bad Star Trek has three's okay but five is horrible yeah Nemesis is horrible like those are the bad ones but I don't know if there's anything as bad as what Attack of the Clones is and what I would consider The Last Jedi and then other things like the ratio of good to bad where are we at with that which, which is worse Star Wars or Star Trek now so I, I that's why I said give the microphone to Joey because he I think he's he's a much bigger Star Trek fan than I am I sure. really enjoy Star Trek but it's a little I, too intellectual for you yeah no yeah no that's why you like Star Wars you like dirty things it's fine and you okay know, okay yeah. here we go I, I, I was gonna say something, but that's fine. There is, you can just insult me anyway. Go ahead, Joey. See, when I when I watch Star Trek, I don't like just go. Oh, I'm gonna watch like Star Trek Five today. I'm gonna watch. I do. Uh, I want to see. Six. I want to watch. This I want to hear row, row, row your boat. That's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, and toast the marshmallows. Yes. When you what what do you do after you toast the marshmallow? The marshmallows. Of course, you sing row, row, row your boat. It's uh documented in uh books or something. Anyway, oh God. I'll, I won't just, like, pick one. I feel like I have to watch all oh, of them. Oh, nice. Because, like, that 2, 3, 4 is a trilogy that goes yep. into each other, even though you don't realize that when you're, like, 7 and watching it for right. the first time. Right, 5 is its own thing. 6 is very much its own thing. And that was actually what, that was the one that broke the barrier for me when I wasn't sure about Star Trek. 6 was a mind-blowing movie. All right, before we get yeah. too further into Star Trek, because this is a Star Wars podcast, I guess, Joey, what would you say? Would you say that the ratio is, is better or worse? I feel like... Okay, here's the thing, though. We've got a new trilogy of Star Trek movies with a new cast. So are we including those? I think you have to, because you're including I, the I Last Jedi. All right, I think it's there a are more... parallel timeline that's split apart, according to the first movie. I feel right. like Star Trek has a higher ratio of good movies. Isn't that crazy? And that's a total flip flop. The thing I, is, is there are different universes it's also of popularity kind of like, too. Though. You have so many things. It's like let's throw everything we can at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. That Star Trek um, Into the Darkness or whatever. Into Darkness. Into Darkness. I no thought colon. was awful. I thought yeah, Star Trek Into Darkness. And that's funny because I thought it was okay. The Beyond one, the newest one, is really good. I like Beyond a lot. It's good. It's so yeah. much better than that last one. 
I was shocked by that. Have but you anyway. seen Discovery yet? No, I have and, not. And I haven't either. So. It's on that CBS All Access thing, right? And I was boycotting yeah. that. I went with Orville instead, and I'm very happy. Yeah. Orville I, is excellent. I really liked Orville. Ben, ben likes Orville a lot. You don't talk about the Orville on here either? No. Jesus. Well, it's a Star Trek thing, so. Any, anyhow, Josh, we appreciate your time. You just want me to stop. Uh, when, when can we... Well, we're running short on time. Okay. When... And where can people find out more about the convention if they want to attend next year? Well, if they're looking for more information, we're always going to have our website. It's pizzaandgames.com. You can also find us at linkcon.com. It's L-I-N-C-C-O-N, linkcon. Okay. Um, and then um, if anybody's interested in interacting with me personally on the uh, Twitterverse or anything like that, um, you can always find me at underscore Joshua Turbo. It is the most important underscore in all of the internet. It can be, potentially, yes. So, um, yeah, you can check us out that way. And, and I always interact with people that interact with me. So we always talk about wrestling, we talk about LinkCon and stuff. Um, as soon as this show's over, two weeks from now, we got a first meeting of kind of like roundtable discussion on what went wrong, what went right. So we're already talking about next year. So if anybody wants to do anything, I can't wait for that. Yeah, it'll be awesome. I'll be there. You cool. know it. Great. That's awesome. Okay. Thanks, Josh. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you very much, Josh. So, Zach, we've been at Lincoln now. You've been here for two days. I've been here for a day. I just want to take a moment to thank you for inviting me. I would not have known about this convention if it wasn't for you. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yes. I would say so. Yeah. It's too bad you weren't able to be here for day one. Well, maybe next year. Yeah, I, maybe next year. Hopefully, uh, we can figure something out because I, I mean, obviously, your daughter will still be attending college. Right. But, but she maybe... can move her own ass. No, I'm <laughs> I'm well, and maybe it won't be on Labor Day week or, yeah, Labor Day weekend next year. You never know. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy the show. Uh, I think that anybody who enjoys video games particularly you know but really just gaming in general if you're looking for a smaller con if you're looking for a more just kind of a quiet place relatively quiet right we got rock band in the background and it's it's all in one big room but if you're looking for that smaller con feel it's it's a good place to be i mean it's a little bit of a drive it's it's up in merrill it's north but it's a nice community for the most part it's they've a, they've got a lot of good businesses here it's a real um, relaxed feel it's not a high pressure gotta find something gotta be the best at whatever game so I can be in some kind of tournament. It's just right. like, show up, do your thing. Have, and, fun. have fun. And there's an adjacent bar, so when you argue about Star Wars <laughs> and you need a drink to calm your nerves, you can just yeah. go grab a drink. <laughs> you can just go grab a like drink. Like Obi-Wan, you can go grab yourself a nice drink and have a good time. Just cut somebody's off. arm off. I was going to say that. <laughs> Don't cut anybody's arm off while you're here, please. Well, this podcast is not not approve or endorse cutting off people's limbs and extremities. Now, I just realized that we still have not actually spoken about our contest on this podcast, so we should probably do that. Let's do that right we get now. Out of here. So, next week we are going to be answering some questions that were given to us here at the convention by people who attended the convention. But you can be a part of this too. So, we are giving away a five-panel uh, canvas art piece of none other. Then everyone else's favorite Star Wars character, but Ben and myself, Boba the Fat. Boba, Boba Fett. the Fat. I was hoping for Jar Jar. Right. It's not Jar Jar. No, I like Jar Jar more than Boba this Fett. A, this is a deal breaker. That's right. And uh, Boba will be uh, the grand prize for this contest. Now, the only thing you have to do to enter this contest is shoot us an email. That's it. Whoa. Shoot us an email. 
You can include a question or a topic or a response to something we said. We want to hear from you. That's it. Even a go to hell Ben gets yep. you in the contest. Go to hell Ben. Oh, trust me. It gets you five <laughs> entries in the contest. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. We gave it to this dude. <laughs> the contest is over. That's all you're going to get. <laughs> I hope so. That's fine. Zach will print them off and hang go, them on ben. the wall. You're, you're looking got, for viewer engagement, and it's just like, I hate you. I've got 500 responses that say, Ben sucks. Hate mail is still mail. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, uh, all we want from you is a little bit of response. And it doesn't even have to be the email. It can be newjediarchives at gmail.com. Or if you want to send us a Facebook message, you can do that, too. You know, whatever you have to do to get a hold of us, do, uh, that'd be great. Do posts on the Facebook page count, Zach? I do post our episodes when, it get, when they get up there. So if you want to comment on an episode link, that works, too. Oh, man. I well, love you, Facebook. I'm on that all the time. Yeah, Joey's on Facebook all the time. And his Tra- statuses are usually, really funny. Usually saying, more trade disputes, more trade disputes. I love that. I love the trade disputes. I want that. I know you do. You're you're a strange no, man. No taxation without representation from my planet of whatever. I, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know either. Probably edit that out. You're you're. I'm not going to. He doesn't edit. I don't edit much. I am going to edit this one though quite a bit because oh, we okay. have to splice it all together. Anyway, next week will be our question rapid fire question episode, and if you want to send in a question for future episodes definitely do so and you can have a shot at winning this art piece we're going to post a picture of it uh with this episode on facebook and on gncast.com now uh, when is the contest over zach contest will be wrapping up at the end of october ben and i as of right now are planning on attending uh new game of palooza 2018 like we did last year and that'll be a really fun show at least i'm hoping so uh, and that's where we'll also be taking questions live and in person. And at the end of that convention, that is when we'll take all of the names and emails that we've collected. We'll we'll randomize it, and the the winner will be chosen. Like randomize it, names in a hat. Uh, I I'm thinking more like number generator type of thing because it's an Excel sheet. Because right? I'll bring a hat. Or Ben can bring a hat. We can write out everybody's name. I Whoa. mean, I feel like that might get a little tedious after a while. But well, it still. depends how many responses we get. <laughs> <laughs> we and got I'm five not, people. I am not writing out five for right every now, go to hell, Ben. Right now, you got like a twenty percent chance of winning, <laughs> from what I think I saw. But I don't remember what it is actually. It's it's not twenty percent. It's better than twenty percent. That was a long oh, time I'm ago. I'm sorry. It's, it's less. It's less than twenty percent. We're just yeah. going to say that's not how percentages work. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Better for us. We have more responses than that. But yes, if if you want a shot at this painting, uh, you definitely got to send us your responses, and we would love to hear from you. We always have, and we always will. Joey, yes. may the force be with you. Are you kicking me off? No, I'm. It's the end of the episode. That like kill, him. kill me. Do it. No, oh. it's the end of the episode. I'm just going to you first. Joey, oh, oh, may well the then. force be with you. May the force be with you as well. And Ben, may the force be with you. And also with you, Zach. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.